We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and I am joined as always by Sean Siegel and Sean we are getting ready to draft in the best ball many a tree over at underdogfantasy.com there is two spots left to fill in this draft and uh, once it does we'll know our draft slot and we're going to do it right as we go no time to really I won't say no time to prep we're prepping all the time by doing drafts but um, you know diving straight in once we know our draft slot so it's going to be fun if you want to play over at underdogfantasy.com you're able to sign up and get yourself a 100 matched sign up bonus up to 100 using the code rotoviz that will get you that 100 match bonus as i said there but sean draft time we talk about it all the time we want to draft and we're ready to go here this is going to be going to be fun uh, i'm just going to say when we're waiting on two people tell me your dream spot for this draft Let's say the 105, right? We want to draft right out of the middle. We're going to get one of those elite wide receivers and then have a ton of flexibility to go whatever direction that we want. I'm currently in a slow draft with Conrad Driscoll, a slow draft with Michael Dubner. Obviously, both of them have written fantastic articles for the website using the new underdog tools, the Roster Construction Explorer and the Advance Rate Explorer Colin, once you've read those guys, I mean, you feel overprepared, overqualified to jump into one of these underdog drafts. But one of the things that is a lot of fun about it, Connor has written about how to use the anchor running back approach and to not have to get too crazy to actually get diversified. Because if you follow the other precepts of good best ball drafting, you're actually going to end up with a team that is fairly unique in the end. Uh, just to tease a little bit, Michael has an article coming out soon about slow drafts versus fast drafts. Obviously, he's talked about the right time of the year to draft. And then we know that some of these early drafts before ADP really sorts itself out, before everybody has a lot of practice, tends to be a favorable time to draft. And then we kind of go through the summer of doldrums, not as favorable because then again, at the end, it's a more favorable time period due to the fact that now you're actually drafting with all of the information you need. And so we talk about winning this tournament, 
you know, being the first place person and getting the $2 million or being the second place person and getting the $1 million, you have multiple entries. Maybe you can get them both, draft the exact same team. <laughs> that is one way that we could look to do it here. But you mentioned Michael Dubner as well. I will give a, a plug for the best ball show up on Rotoviz Radio. Myself and Michael did record an episode talking about when is the optimal time of the year to draft those teams. So check that out. By the time you're listening to this, that might already be available for your listening pleasure. The draft is filled. We'll see where the slot is going to be randomly generated for. And Sean, it is the 102, so we don't have the flexibility maybe we wanted, but you touched there on a kind of a, a modified zero RB or a hero RB approach. There's going to be the option here for us to get Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey. Is one of those guys going to be the option here, or are we going to look to get a wide receiver here to start our drafts when we look at it um it is a 30 second timer so things will move pretty rapidly um through this draft they will and it's just still so tempting to take cup or jefferson jamar chase you know at the 102 you're going to get a slightly different build i've witnessed other players doing it i mean you're not going to that in and of itself isn't going to make you unique because drafters are taking the wide receivers that early in some drafts i think that you'll have a chance if you're going to do a handful of these to get some picks more like we're talking about a little bit more in the middle and maybe hit your wide receivers there, you have so few chances to have the 101 or the 102, at least at times. Ben and I are always joking about how we had the, the 110 and later in virtually all of our high stakes drafts last year. When you get one of these slots and have a shot at one of these two running backs, I kind of think that you have to take it, but I'm willing to go in a different direction column if you prefer one of the wide receivers. Well, I was going to say, I've had a couple of these drafts so far and I've gone for the wide receiver every time. So maybe to differentiate and if we get the 104 at a later point, we can go wide receiver. Uh, Jonathan Taylor was off the board. So Christian McCaffrey would be that option. And I think for setting this up, I think we'll we'll go with Christian McCaffrey. I think uh, the, the, the wide receivers are very interesting there, but like you said, getting that first slot or the second slot doesn't always happen i know ben had a situation last year where it was kind of ninth or later the whole time but so far this year i've kind of been from the sixth spot forward so it's been going pretty good from that perspective but like sometimes you just want to get that one at the back so you're not taking the wide receiver maybe as early as you go but i do think the startup uh you know adp for these drafts is is definitely the the correct top five it's you know cup jefferson and chase that are going off the board after that and uh the cup does go in the next pick i'm actually interested there's a team in this called otisd picking in the third slot um for anyone who used to listen to the overtime ireland podcast shout out shout out to them but uh this uh gonna be fun so we have quite a bit of time here sean to get till our next pick we'll be picking at the 211 but we did talk about some of the recent drafts that you've done with sack and with connor and the bills that have been able to be achieved in those what are you thinking here? And I know you're probably already thinking at this point that you want to differentiate a little bit from the exact starts maybe on those drafts, but who are some of the options that we should be targeting here at the the, the two-tree turn? And ideally, we'd be kind of dipping into two wide receivers, I think, at that point. Yeah, you put together a cool video for us on YouTube from one of the shows where we talked about this contrast between potentially starting hyper-fragile with a one-two type of slot potentially going zero running back with a slot late and how the difference between underdog and FFPC can actually facilitate that because in underdog, you're not necessarily going to get the top wide receivers coming back to you at the 211 or the 212. I'm going to be interested to see 
which guys come back. Because if we do have a shot at a couple of elite wide receivers, it's tempting to have Christian McCaffrey and then to have those two elite guys. I'm also tempted to to go the other route and continue to build some of these hyper-fragile teams in the slots where you can actually do it, right? You're not looking to have this huge portfolio of hyper-fragile teams, but you also have some limitations in terms of which slots you could even potentially execute it from. And so when we have those, I find that part very intriguing, especially if the specific targets are there. So I wouldn't even mind ending up with the same three guys that Connor and I started with because you know you're going to end up with a quite different team the rest of the way. Yeah, I, I'm, it's going to be fun to see, especially with the information that was gathered from that draft that you did to see how that's kind of like a, a reconnaissance mission here for this draft with you know a similar start point as well. So we are now at the 112, and since that, uh, the last couple of picks have been Stefan Diggs, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Swift goes off the board at the 112. So, Sean, that was a player that you got at the back of the second round in your draft, so we won't be getting him there. I know Swift is somebody that we really like. He has been kind of going off the board in the you know 18th pick range. He goes six picks ahead of that in today's draft. What are your thoughts on Swift as early as that? I think it's a, a good selection, right? And I think that you're going to end up with some unique teams with that selection so early. He ends up with Swift and Kelsey, two players that you know could end up being the league winner this season. This, I think, also illustrates, again, too, why we actually did start running back, running back, running back in that draft with Connor. Because when you do have a player that you feel is a, a big value fall to you in that kind of spot then you're not necessarily looking to to say okay i want to draft the exact same way every time i want to be you know so locked in with my structure that i don't consider that player you want to go through and this is one of the things that's great with the tools and especially kind of contrasting some of the tools with each other uh, the best ball tools there i'm speaking of is that you can see what approaches have worked in different years that the specific year does have an influence on some of the structures that work and then also there are lessons that transcend the year so you want to be able to have set in your mind you know which is which but especially an underdog one of the cool things is there are multiple ways to approach it and i think that you should try to take advantage of the specific players that are available in your draft with the specific constructions that maybe you're interested in trying and so i like that element with swift there it does make it a little bit more interesting in terms of what's going to come back to us of course, Colin, what we're seeing now is that the second round has been almost all wide receivers, and there are going to be some intriguing running backs who do come back, you know, not named DeAndre Swift. Yeah, so um, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, uh, CeeDee Lamb have all gone off the board. Then we have Mark Andrews, Aaron Jones, the latest running back. We are two picks away. Nick Chubb goes off the board, and there's one pick before us. Javante Williams is there. AJ Brown's also there, Sean, who I think would be interesting uh, on that pick is there anyone else standing out for you outside of those two names alvin kamara is there and leonard Fournette, but we have the kamara situation where maybe it will be next year that suspension comes down but still a little bit risky at this point who's standing out for you well williams is the guy that connor and i actually had number one for this particular spot because if he does get most of the work which i I think is very possible i mean he's going to be the player who emerges this year there in denver then it just feels like an absolute home run from this spot but aj brown i mean he's the guy when he comes back here and right now adp does put him in this range i think you also have to consider those two players together you prefer williams or brown here i think we'll go for williams and hope that brown makes it back to us that could be 
very poor last words but we also have t higgins who is there as an option and i think um either of those coming back and there's definitely gonna be one of them comes back because leonard Fournette went off the board after williams we're waiting on one pick here at the turn and then we all have our option aj brown the clear choice for you over t higgins if both are there and saquon barkley is also still there as well as an option yeah i'm just so tempted by barkley here column i i mean there's a scenario and it's not one that you have to like go crazy out on a limb with to say you know he's the 102 or 103 next year but he does go in the entrance Fournette and Barkley and so AJ Brown slides to us I I just feel like Ben Gretsch would never forgive us if we passed on AJ Brown here yeah I think I would go AJ Brown as well Uh, I the I think I talked with Zach on one of the recent shows and we actually did a draft last week and I think it might have been actually on the draft show that we talked about AJ Brown I think that um you know there's a bit of an overreaction here and i think his adp will creep back up as we get closer to the season we'll hear more positive reports but i think what he's been able to do in terms of efficiency if he gets any more workload even though we are afraid of the run pass splits happening again in philadelphia i just think the eagles are set up pretty well on offense this year higgins then obviously we we love t higgins but he has the jamar chase obviously to, to contend with there as well but Higgins does go in the next pick. I, I'm happy, Sean, in these drafts, and I'm sure the listeners will probably know the players we're talking about. These are going to be the targets in these ranges, and there's going to be sometimes that Barkley does make it, and you got him in your last draft. He doesn't make it here, but we're happy to take AJ Brown. If AJ Brown hadn't got there, I'd been pretty happy to take T Higgins. So we have our targets in those ranges. But the next player off the board was Kyle Pitts, and I think he's somebody who's still going to be very, very interesting moving forward this season. But uh, Barkley did just go one pick before us, and I, I would have been very tempted to to go back there and to take him. How do you feel about AJ Brown outside of Ben? Maybe not forgiving us if we didn't take him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of upside there, right? If he stays healthy, he develops the rapport on field with Jalen Hurts. We know that these guys are are very good friends. That part <laughs> is exciting. We know they'll go out there and practice together some, right? I mean, I don't think that getting them on the field is going to be an issue one of the things that was interesting is that when this trade was announced during the trade during the draft when we were doing our live show people were split i think more enthusiastic about brown's landing spot than maybe you would have guessed when we did the show again on day two and had a little more chance to think about it we were again pretty optimistic and then we had matthew friedman on just last week and obviously more time to think about it he was also very optimistic about a target increase for brown and the chance to maintain at least some of the efficiency with that elite player there and so i thought that kind of that progression was interesting and like you say i i do think that his value there is going to creep back up a little bit as we see what the eagles plan is as the offseason develops so, Colin, we're deep into round three here. Any surprises going off the board? Well, I was going to mention to you um, back-to-back picks for the Chargers wide receivers. We had Mike Williams go one pick ahead of Keenan Allen. And I know Keenan Allen somebody we've touched on recently where his profile, there's kind of some concerns around him heading into this season. But about a round to two rounds early for uh mike williams and he was somebody you did draft in your recent uh draft that we talked about in last week's show how do you feel about williams overall at that point of a draft i think it's a gutsy move but one that could very easily pay off ben was talking about 
Alan on a recent episode of Ceiling Bananas mentioning that the target dominance starting to fade a little bit. We're not expecting crazy efficiency from him, even with Justin Herbert. It's really a tricky one because you'd actually like to have a third option that you could play in that offense. And that's one of the reasons why I've been taking a lot of Gerald Everett, even though I think that the chances that Everett breaks out are still you know not great i mean it's not the odds on thing to happen but the pricing there for him is so good that because you have this elite quarterback and because allen and williams neither one of those guys are really superstars at this point there are targets available and you know maybe a lot of them will go to austin eckler maybe uh, joshua palmer will be the breakout but there certainly is a scenario where we could see gerald everett more heavily involved we're looking now we're three picks away from our next selection well there's three picks in between amari cooper went off the board uh ezekiel elliott and jk dobbins and dj moore just before that so dk metcalf is available um george kettle's available chris godwin who's still coming back from his injury is there lamar jackson and terry mclaurin go off the board i was going to see with you i know tj hawkinson's the guy that we're loving to target at the tight end position this year but how do you feel about george kettle at this point of the draft you know, probably Hammer Metcalf are standing out at the top of the queue here for me at the moment, and Justin Herbert is there as well. But I would probably keep going with the the pass catchers. Yeah, I think that the issue here is that the wide receivers are gross, right? I mean, three of the top five wide receivers are Metcalf, Godwin, and Allen Robinson, all of whom have some pretty serious problems. George Kittle goes off the spot right before us. Column the pick that connor and i were actually considering making despite having the first three running backs at this point was Brees hall and he didn't make it can i can i let's tempt go. you into taking let's a running back let's here? go we have six seconds let's do it <laughs> we uh sometimes with these live drafts it has to you know we can do the case for why we will take Brees hall maybe after we have the pick here at the turn now with the um you know at the back end they're in the 412 then it'll be the 501 that'll be back to us so maybe we'll talk about Brees hall after that but we have talked about him quite a bit over the last couple of months on the the podcast and um yeah i think um it's gonna be fun to talk about him in a moment dk metcalf goes off the board you've mentioned then wide receivers being gross obviously jerry judy had a little bit of a, an incident last week we'll see what repercussions are from that he is one of the other wide receivers that's there sean who's your preferred option uh, with this next pick yeah i i would like to take one of the Broncos receivers. And so I'm willing to go either direction. I think that Judy has the most breakout star upside. We don't really know what is going to happen, you know, with the off field stuff. The guy before us made us made the decision for us because he's he a Cortland Sutton. So uh, I was going to say you're a Cortland Sutton fan. And I think that especially with the uncertainty right now, it makes sense to go with Sutton. We don't have this option. Uh, call it Jerry Judy. It is yeah so i i am just out of interest on that one we'll talk about hall then i am a Cortland sutton guy but you know i think both of these guys have a major upgrade at quarterback so i'll be drafting both of them throughout the offseason good that sutton is one year further removed from his injury i think the tiebreaker for me at the moment would be the possibility of something coming down from the nfl on judy it doesn't sound like there will be but you know you never know so when you're on the clock and they're both available i probably would lean sutton just over that but um yeah i think there's there's a lot of upside for both of these guys we've seen russell wilson with limited passing volume be able to support you know dk metcalf and tyler lockett so i think yeah the, this offense is going to be ready to ready to hum once the season starts the other player was Brees hall 
uh, drafted to the Jets. Obviously, Michael Carter is there behind him in that offense. But yeah, we talked about it maybe a month to two months ago at this point, and we made the case that could he be, you know, somebody like a Jonathan Taylor coming in in this class? I don't think he will be quite that, but the uh, the profile is is very very intriguing. I think taking him here is uh, going to be nice. I agree completely, and that's one of the things we've talked about from time to time, which is that don't avoid the running back in the dead zone if they shouldn't be there. And we don't know how this is going to develop. Patrick Corrine, when he was on overtime, made the case that the Jets really are not a good team for him, even beyond the fact that they may not be that high-scoring a team, that Michael Carter will be involved. I would expect Carter to be involved I think that when you get to September, when you get to late August, you're going to have Brees Hall around and a half higher than this. He's just too good. He's going to be the starter. He's going to get a lot of touches. I mean, one of the things that we know at this point is that, I mean, there's really a limit to how many touches you actually want the running back to have. So, you know, is is he going to kind of be in that range? I mean, you can do the, the Najee Harris thing, but it does increase your risk of injury. It does, to an extent, lower your ceiling a little bit from an efficiency perspective. You want to be getting those high value touches and you want to be making the most of them. I think that Hall can do that. And really either way, I think he's going to be more expensive. So we're getting a discount on him right now. And again, it's a situation where we didn't have players at other positions that were clear, better options. And that's when you would make a break to take a player like Hall that you really believe in, especially again in this format where it's half PPR and those running backs who could blow up for multi-touchdown games in the playoffs do give you that advantage because you can come back then and select a lot of wide receivers. And that's the thing that can be tough is that then when you have some running back options that you like late, it can be difficult to stick at the wide receiver position when those players maybe are not as exciting. As long as you do that, taking the running backs early here is a path, a potential path to victory. We could look at this as being a situation where we actually got the three running backs in the first three rounds and then got AJ Brown on top of it. And that's obviously not what happened, but it's something that if we kind of fast forward to August, you might be looking at it from that perspective. And so, you know, say, okay, well, you drafted a running back in the dead zone, but that's not going to be the repercussions of the actual move, especially if we draft well from this point on. So that's going to be the pressure that we have on it on us is to make sure that we now execute the things that we need to execute. Colin, what players are we seeing go now? So um, we had Michael Thomas, Kyler Murray, Brandon Cooks, Josh Jacobs, AJ Dillon went off at the 605. We are five picks away. There's two quarterbacks at the top of the ADP queue as things stand. That's Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. But I think, I don't know how you feel about it. I think if we could get Hurts to leak all the way back to us here and pair him up with AJ Brown could be quite interesting Tom Brady goes off the board with that next pick then we have Elijah Mitchell uh, as an option you know Elijah Moore is there as well both the Elijahs is there anyone else Sean standing out for you as Amon Ross St. Brown goes off the board and the other question is Jalen Hurts is he somebody who interests you at this point I think we would probably still want to go with Burrow as if he lasts, Russell Wilson is kind of interesting with having Jerry Judy there. But one of the things that I'm looking to do, and again, this is based on some research in our tools, is ideally to have 
a running quarterback as your first quarterback and then to have a plus passing quarterback as your second QB and to perhaps match him with a less expensive member of his receiving core, the wide receiver two, for example. Now, some of those things are going to be a little bit easier to execute in a slow draft when you have, you know, many, many hours to kind of sit back and plot all of the different scenarios and even just to make the right choice you know when you're on the clock there for that particular pick much less looking back and looking forward but qb does become interesting here joe burrow does go two picks ahead of us we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use indeed the better it gets Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I might be tempted to get a little bit more receiving firepower. Now, Hertz also goes off, so we don't have that option. Colin, we're not that far away from where TJ Hawkinson would be picked. If we select him, then we don't have to worry about the big tier break after him. Tight ends are pretty inexpensive, and so there's not price pressure necessarily to select him here, but he does give us flexibility. I, I can't break your heart, Sean. I'll let you take TJ. I was wondering uh, what would happen there if I said no. It would be very disappointing for the <laughs> the rest of the show with Sean uh, being very upset. But the other players now that we do have an option, and part of the reason to go Hawkinson there is I've talked about the, the break and the tears after you go past him for tight end. I think it's very important to get him. That's why I was touching on George Kittle earlier in the draft in case somebody did take Hawkinson between then and now. But um, we are back on the clock. DeAndre Hopkins goes off the board. But we do have two rookie options in Drake London and Traylon Burks. We have Elijah Moore and Devontae Smith. We already have AJ Brown. So I would be leaning here towards Moore, London, or Burks. Have you a preference of one of those guys? No. Who, who do you like? These guys are all good values right in this range. They would all add on to our team. You know, London might I would give go, us... I would go London. Um, and I don't know how you feel about this now after I say London, but we did take... Um, Brees Hall and you know we're excited about Brees Hall but we also probably have some questions about the New York Jets offense as a whole Um, so I I like Elijah Moore but that would be the reason I I think um, London's going to go in and Matthew Freeman was very very positive on the outlook for him heading into the season and the volume that he's going to receive obviously 
the Falcons do not have a lot of pass catching options. They don't have Calvin Ridley. They do have uh, Kyle Pitts. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all revolves around. But you know, the Falcons over the last three to four weeks, all as they've done is sign very, very old not very successful wide receivers to the roster so um yeah hopefully that means that we're going to see a lot of drake london um is that how you'd be looking at it between those guys because borks goes in the next pick then Devonte smith and then elijah moore but like i said earlier i'm happy to sprinkle those guys between drafts but again the draft i did was zach last week london was somebody we drafted as well and that was kind of the idea that i was thinking is let's not get too much jets exposure here i have a lot of Traylon burks in the early going so in this pick where the guys are going in very similar spots adp wise to be able to diversify a little bit and to get london there you know the news on burks on his first little workout with the team wasn't particularly positive i don't think that we're in a world where that's going to knock him down in drafts very much if it does you would want to take that discount but it was the perfect spot to get some London who, again, Blair Andrews has done some fantastic machine learning research on these wide receivers. London, Burks, really the two guys that stood out for him. Another player who stood out that we've been drafting in a ton of formats is Sky Moore. And he would be someone that we could look to draft at the next turn if he comes back around. His ADP suggests that he won't, and he's obviously... <laughs> <laughs> a trendy player basically you, you you talk about him for a minute in order to get his he got, selection he got drafted in the next pick so he's already off the board <laughs> he's gone there brandon Ayuk. i always thought the funny part about doing these drafts live versus recorded is if that was live we would have thought somebody's listening in but this is recorded and it happened as sean talked about him so i actually thought it was the perfect time to weigh up we drafted drake london you talked about sky Moore. Uh, pete overzet had a great clip last week which I, I thought was hilarious where he was talking about uh the uk's favorite wide receiver drake london um so i thought it, <laughs> it really was awesome stuff but when we look at the options you were going to mention brandon Ayuk. Ayuk came on quite strong last year versus where it started we were well i anyway will hold my hands up i was extremely optimistic on Ayuk heading into the season i was more optimistic on him than Debo samuel in most cases and drafted him ahead of Debo samuel a lot last year but the start of the season was an absolute disaster so um it did get a lot better as the season went on and i think he would be interesting in this range hunter renfro's there as well tyler lockett's there as well um as deshaun watson and, and Dak prescott have gone off the board we are still seven picks away sean so i do think that those wide receivers may be gone and as we say that brant Nayuk does go off the board um who is standing out for you here in the you know say the next 10 picks by adp well one reason to pass on elijah moore is that garrett wilson is available later and while we haven't seen him play at the nfl level in some ways he's an even safer prospect than more certainly was and even given the flashes that we got from more last year you could make the case that wilson is probably just as safe in 2022 and so i think we would have to consider him the gap in dynasty adp between london burks and wilson i think makes sense it's almost one of these situations that even though it's very easy to see the volume case for london and burks and even the quarterback case for those two players even though they don't have elite quarterback play that when you contrast those issues with what garrett wilson is dealing with you're like i mean that gap makes sense but i think that he should be closer to them in redraft he's 
a rookie wide receiver at this point that I would have expected to rise more. He's in the same basic vicinity with Chris Olave, who I think is just you know a full level down, especially now that Jarvis Landry has been signed. Unfortunately, we do lose Wilson there. The drafter ahead of us reaches past Hunter Renfro and Tyler Lockett, which is the move that we think was probably the right one to make. Colin, we don't have a QB. One of the things that we do know is that we want to have QB in the window in these underdog drafts as well. We have Matthew Stafford, Trey Lance as the top couple of guys. If you reach down a little bit lower, you get Derek Carr. Is this a case at all where you'd have some interest in going with both Stafford and Lance? There's a big tier break after those two quarterbacks are gone. Yeah, what's interesting about Lance is we still don't know if he's going to be the starting option you know, for the 49ers. I think they, they will go with him, but I think that's something that we could do here. I definitely would go with Stafford um, as we are on the clock. Um, I know you talked earlier about the opportunity to get a Russian quarterback and then pair him with somebody like a Stafford. I think ideally, you know, you, that would be an option that he might even be that second option. But the one concern I would have with Lance is if he doesn't become the starter, and this did happen as last year, um, is then that we're, you know, probably having to have that third quarterback somewhere at this in this draft but if you feel strongly that he he's going to be that starting option the upside is certainly there with him as the russian quarterback yeah the issue that i have here is i just i don't think that there's a draftable wide receiver at this adp and so i mean lance if we knew for sure that there weren't going to be any issues with him holding that that starting job he would be you know at least around if not two and a half rounds more expensive when you're trying to win the whole thing as we are in this case i think it makes sense to double dip at the qb position there give us that combination of elite passer and potentially elite runner obviously it's still very speculative in terms of what lance will actually be the upside tantalizing so we make that move again in part because the board dictated it at other positions we don't want to give away value to avoid taking the qbs if that means just taking guys that we personally have ranked much lower than you know what the draft slot would be here in order to get a wide receiver so i I like that move and it's actually the second time recently that i've taken lance even i though i i am worried about his situation i don't think it's clear cut in any way shape or form but you do have to make some of those gambles when the price is basically begging you to do it in the draft yeah, I think it made a lot of sense there for us to do that. And I touched on it and you've touched on it. I, I have concerns as well. But look, if if they're not going to start him this year, I think that we're uh, we're looking at you know a bust and, and big, big, big uh, flashing letters. But I always find it very interesting, the conversation that happens with Jordan Love that doesn't happen with Trey Lance. But we'll see if, if Lance gets uh, starting this season because uh, the 49ers give up a hell of a lot to actually acquire him. And we are going to pause the draft there. We are going to come back with the second episode of the draft. If you're listening to this on Saturday, it will drop on Sunday. So you'll get both of those episodes pretty, pretty sharpish. Um, A fun, fun start to the draft. Let's see how it plays out over the course of the rest of the draft and into those final rounds. How will the team round into shape? I'm excited to share that with all of you as always as we finish up today's show thank you for checking out rotaviz overtime we have lots of great content up on rotaviz.com and rotaviz radio the entire podcast network the team is doing fantastic work all around as a loyal podcast listener you can save yourself 10 percent off a rotaviz nfl pass by adding the code rv radio 2022 at checkout or going to rotaviz.com 
forward slash podcast. That will get you access to all of the content and tools up on the website and of course get you set up for this season in the best style possible. If you didn't already hear the episode, I did an episode on Thursday with Sean. It was a Zero RB origin story. Some parts of that story, even I myself who talked to Sean three times a week over the last three or so years have not heard of before. A fantastic insight into the process back in 2013 and all the way back as far as 2008. So really, really enjoyable stuff. Check that out. It was Thursday's episode of Rotoviz Overtime. Until we are back with the next part of this draft, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtimeireland. My co-host, as always, is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. And until we're back with the second part tomorrow, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com